The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Michael Kist. Are you caught me not listening again? Benjamin Solak. You never listen. It's the Kist and Solak Show. Presented by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. You are flying high on the Kist and Solak Show. This is episode 141, brought to you by the fine folk at SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I am your host, Michael Kist. Follow me on Twitter at MichaelKistNFL. That's K-I-S-T. As always, joined by the best doggone co-host in the game. Mr. Nine-Year Streak Without a Bad Day. He is Benjamin Solak. Follow him on Twitter at Benjamin Solak. That's S-O-L-A-K. Ben, do you have the juice today? No, you ruined it. <laughs> That's not cool. Well, I guess, I guess actually it makes sense for you because it's a question that he asks. I don't really know how right. he's going to integrate it. Uh, Shield Kapadia, I think of The Athletic it was, who had a, a recent piece come out about Frank Reich. And Shield's always been, been a big uh, Frank Reich fan, rightfully so. Reich was talking about his uh, experience and the people that he credits for his growth. And when talking about the Eagles and talking about Peterson, Shield grabbed some quotes. Uh, in one of those quotes, Shield mentions the fact that Reich used to walk into the meeting room every morning. Uh, he'd pop into the quarterback meetings at 6.30 a.m. daily, usually opening the door and shouting, what's up, guys? You got the juice today. And I'm here to let you know that the only person who lives in my house with me is Nugget. But when I open that door at 7 a.m. every morning and she's in the crate begging to get out, you know what I'm going to say? Like, what's up, Nugget? You got the juice today? She's going to be like, yeah, I'm ready to chew the table again. I'm like, okay. And then that's how it's going to go. But I, I feel like point. Frank and I would get along a lot because I feel like we're both very happy fellows. You guys should get an apartment together. That's that's how I'm viewing this thing. I miss, I do miss Frank. Reich was in charge of third downs and scripting yep. the Eagles' first 15 plays from scrimmage. Come back, <laughs> Frank. We need you. Look at how it directly impacted the Eagles the very next year. Like, we always wonder, right. what's Doug, what's Grow? Well, Reich was very influential in the first 15 plays. He leaves. 2018, the Eagles ranked 30th in EPA and can't score in the first quarter. Hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, like, the first quarter has been a clear issue. I think third downs, they've stayed pretty good. Um, yeah. I think the people would say that they ran too much on third down, which, like, they're generally running a lot, as has kind of been covered uh, extensively this past week. But it's it's the scripting that sticks out to me. And it's like we've said before, you got six weeks to walk through all of the defensive film of your opponent, get an understanding of what they want to do when, 
figure out which of your concepts are going to fit best against that, build in the necessary checks, find the tells on the defense, give the quarterback the, the, the freedom to make the change needs to make line of scrimmage. You can't, one person can't do that. And you said six weeks, but it's six days. Yeah, right, I get what six you're days. Doing. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, one person you can't do that. No matter how you know, hours. how late you stay in, in the building and how early you're back in the building, you know, you got to sleep and eat at some point. So you can't, one person can't do that. So it, it's, you know, what did Reich and Filippo bring? Well, it's tough to measure it outside of context. Within context, Peterson, Reich, and Filippo, the three of them together, had a system where they trusted each other. They were looking at things the same way. They were on the same page, and it led to a really cohesive offense. Mm. When Reich and Filippo left, the effort with the internal promotions was to keep cohesiveness, but they lost the brain trust. They lost, clearly, whatever, you know, it was. And without sitting there and watching grow, interact with Peterson versus Reich and Peterson, I can't tell you what it is. But whatever it was that had them being so prescient, had them being so effective, so smart at, at figuring out the game plan and what they were going to do in specific situations, they've lost it. And, and, and you know, even at Grow's best times, that's something the Eagles are still struggling with. So anyway, miss you, Frank. Hope you have the juice. Love you, buddy. Bye. So what we're going to be doing today, we're not we're not dissecting the coaching staff and the, and the offense. Well, we're the Eagles. always we're actually, dissecting the coaching staff, but that's that's a fact. But what we're doing today is the exact opposite, because we are going to be starting our weekly two part preview series. This time it's Philadelphia Eagles and the Chicago Bears. We'll be looking at the Bears offense against the Eagles defense. And buddy, let me tell you, I don't know if, well, it just dropped at three and we're recording at 3.30, but you should give the QB Sco show a listen. I'm honestly scared to. I mean, I thought I was going to be bad. I think Mark got got a pretty high for, give me for give standards. me the give me the the quote that you would stamp on the front of the of the pod. Give me the line. Give me the zinger. I think one of the worst things I said was this is a this is a team of lions being led by a donkey, and that donkey is Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, that sounds about right. That sounds that sounds like the the, the pot I'm expecting. Quote, it's all along that same vein. It goes on for a solid fifteen minutes between me and Mark. So make sure that you take a look at the QB Sco show. You'll know it by the title. But look, last week we talked about how inept the Bills offense was. This Bears offense is worse like and and i think you've answered this before i know my answer but i want to make sure i hear yours mitch trubisky or josh allen starting a franchise i was just about to say their quarterback play is somehow much worse on the bears i i 100 would go in on josh allen before i would mitch trubisky you're the same right yeah and mm. twice on sundays <laughs> which is like Man, yeah. that's not good. That's bad. Here's the thing. Yeah. Here's here's my main thing about Trubisky. Having not listened to the QB Sco show, but knowing Mark and how Mark experiences quarterbacks, this is what I guess I would guess his biggest issue is, and definitely my biggest issue is the dude just has clear. He's just he's just, he's panic embodied. He mm. just is, he does not understand what he's looking at. And he doesn't understand what what he doesn't understand about what he's looking at. Like, not only does he not know what he's doing, he just, like, he has no, like, like damage control. He's just panicked. He doesn't know where his checkdowns is. He's just a complete confidence and mental processing mess. And it's, like, a little sad. Very funny, but a little sad. Yeah, I think the the headline for the article for the QBSCO show that I just submitted to BLG, May He Forever Rain, right, right, right. was uh, something something about shattered confidence and scattershot accuracy. Right. I mean, that's the best way I can explain like, Mr. Trubisky. Like, 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 bad accuracy is bad accuracy. We can't really fix it. It's going to limit you as a quarterback, but like, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, you can't even find the spot you're supposed to get the <laughs> ball to, right? right? And this circles me back to one of the big complaints that I have 
with this offense and how it's being treated nationally. You've seen uh, Brian Baldinger. You've seen uh, Sage Rosenfeld. Baldinger, Baldinger, whatever. You've seen Kurt Warner, right? Kurt Warner, someone that's smarter to me than me explain what the Chicago Bears are doing offensively. Is the scheme based off their young quarterback's limitations or is the scheme limiting the young QB? It's hard to not know when not in the meeting room. Uh, it's a struggle to watch. Sage Rosenfeld's replies, watched every snap this morning. Worst offensive scheme in the NFL. Brian Baldy, uh, Chicago Bears, take your run playbook and rip it up. This is a nonsense run game. College option crap with tight end ceiling with line of scrimmage with crap cut blocks. Pretend like Papa Bear Hallis is watching. I know the Hallis family, by the way, is watching and win the line of scrimmage. This run game will never win in the postseason, right? And Sage Rosenfels also had another tweet, um, which was just like, you know, he, he has a series of tweets where it's like third and four in the goal line and the Bears are an empty with three tight ends. This is stupid. You know, like first and goal from the 10 and they're an empty and they run a jet sweep. This is done. This is a high school offense. This is a right. four passing concepts and unimaginative running concepts. This this is the most basic that you can get because there is zero trust in the quarterback. Right. It is I I firmly believe two things. One, yeah. Nagy has lost his sense of moderation in the sense mm. that like everything has become a gimmick. Right. right yeah. In 2018, into the 2019 playoffs, there was, I think, a nice smattering of gimmickry that was effective, right? But this is like a good answer to the whole, like, why don't we just build the plane out of trick plays question that you get sometimes, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's like you, you'll see people like don't really watch football and they see a flea flicker and they're like, why aren't you doing that every play? It's like, well, because it doesn't really work. Like, you, it needs to be a change up because it's a gimmick, right? It's not a way to consistently produce an offense. Maybe it could be at some point, but like right now it's not. So Nagy's issue is to me, clearly emphatically and i want to be very passionate about this not an issue of the scheme and the plays that he's designing it's an issue of moderation there's mm. such a clear and nothing nag and, and nagy's been good in the media and the bears media has lauded him and that's fine nothing nagy in the media could say you know out loud that would convince me that he has any trust in trubisky just watch the plays he's calling he doesn't want him to throw the ball right he wants to either run it or run an RPO where there's no choice. Yeah. Right? And this the thing is, like, there's, like, Trubisky just does not read the field. Now he's not even going to give him, like, half-field concepts. You just don't trust him. Yeah. There's clearly, to me, in terms of how the plays are sequenced, what is used to try to get the ball down the field. You watch third down, right? Play action, we're trying to get a crosser, we're trying to get a hitch route. Like, you know, there's nothing else. We're trying to clear out of everybody else. How often do you see Trubisky into a second read? Never. It doesn't exist. Never. He has no Never. idea how to get there, so why ski it to him anyway, right? Exactly. So so you have, and I'm definitely blowing out the audio, and I'm sorry about that, but you have <laughs> a, a, a play caller who does not trust his quarterback and accordingly is doing everything he can to scrounge up free yardage with, yeah, like jet option, double tap, two back sets. What can I throw at this defense that they haven't seen before? But the problem is, for as long as I don't care about what your quarterback can do, I can survive any jet sweep you throw me. I'm going to put one safety back, and Jim Schwartz said, I'm going to put nine guys in the box. Screw <laughs> you, dude. Throw yeah. that many, however many bubble screens you can throw to Tariq Cohen. Eventually, I'm going to get two tackles in a row, and then it's third down. And you Mm -hmm. can't have a quarterback who can get the ball beyond the sticks. So, number one, Nagy has fallen out of moderation, and and, and he is fully and and entirely entrenched in gimmickry. And I think that has a lot to do with those trust in his quarterback. So, if we're going to argue what's the problem, is it the play caller doesn't trust the quarterback, or the quarterback is not good enough? Trubisky is the issue. He's limited, and Nagy's trying to work with with an incomplete set. So, that's number one. Then the, the second thing that I want to say very, very emphatically and clearly 
is that if there were a functional quarterback, nothing like this would be saying about this offense. Even if they were running the exact same plays, which I would argue, you know, and you saw this with Chase Daniel, they ran more like West Coast concept with Chase Daniel than with Mitch Trubisky, which like, this is not good news, people. But... You saw you saw what Chase Daniel. They're willing to run more more West Coast concept, but like even like the running game. Nagy's not doing anything that five other coaches in the league aren't doing. He's running right. like single back power. He's running like two back power with two running backs. This, this everybody's doing this. Are you kidding me? You watch Baltimore? Like what are you talking about? You watch Dallas when Pollard was in. This is what this is what we're doing. We're stealing. This is a, a high. You said it's a high school offense. Yeah, well, we lose our freaking minds when Andy Reid pulls something out of high school. Is you got to evaluate these things in a vacuum. Yeah, it's bad not, high school. It's not hard <laughs> to say that that all oh, this scheme is a, a dumb high school scheme. You know, establish the line of scrimmage, get some double teams, let's go. When it's not working, but the problem is we're all thrilled about it when it does. So you yeah. got to be able to take these things. You know, you got to be able to, to call both ways. You don't get the cake and eat it too. It drives me nuts, right? <laughs> why are you Why are you yelling at me? Wait, no, because it drives me crazy <laughs> when we decide that the good offensive systems are the ones that are working. There, right, you, right. You, you know what? Like, how are you supposed to to hire a, an offensive coordinator? Does the guy who's been successful? Well, that's how the Jets ended up with Adam Gase because he was really good with Peyton for five freaking years or three, whatever it was in Denver. So, <laughs> yeah, Nagy, it's like you know, Nagy just needs to go. All right, we're just gonna go out there. And we're just gonna run a base offense. You know what I mean? Like, we're, we're like, I'm not, I'm not gonna try to like do this and do that. I'm gonna go down. I'm gonna give you a spot. I'm gonna give you a snag. I'm gonna give you a Hank. I'm gonna give you a Y cross. Throw it. It's a three-level read. Let's do it, right? Yeah. This is a West Coast offense. You, you should be familiar with it by now. It's what he had in his first year uh, at Chicago before Nagy came in, so whatever. That's one. But then two, and this is, I think, a lot to do with the running game and a lot to do with the Jets and the boundary-style stuff. You cannot say that, like, this is bad design. It's objectively good design. He's getting really good athletes in space with blockers and with numbers advantages. That is offensive scheming 101. Get the ball to your playmakers in space with numbers. And he yep. does that. And that's what worries me the most about this game. But yeah, go Right. Ahead. And he does that. So you cannot take that away from him because he's playing with a deck that's missing all the clubs. Hmm. You know, he's, 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 he's a short set here. You got Mitchell Trubisky at quarterback. Then you throw on the fact that the offensive line is playing poorly. You throw on the fact that I think that that Anthony Miller and Taylor Gabriel are are miscast in what their quarterback can do. So now you have a personnel d- uh, disparity in terms of the good throws Trubisky makes versus the good routes that they run. You know, you get you've got other issues outside of the quarterback as well. I just think that that you know, do I think Nagy should have been coach of the year? No, in 2018, I don't. But I don't think he's the, the way he's being generally you know conceived of is like what happened to this offense? Defense is wisened up, and Trubisky didn't improve. That's what happened. The only way I see them having any success. <laughs> As if that that was quite the rant. Uh, as if the Eagles just don't tackle, and that's that's something that's been a problem for me. And, and don't get me wrong, Tariq Cohen, Cordell Patterson, Allen Robinson, right? They get schemed some stuff, and the Eagles as a team haven't tackled well this year. So there's that element. But I'm talking like manufactured touches, like the one you were talking about, like at or around the line of scrimmage. Those guys, I fear in those situations, especially Patterson and, and Cohen, of course. That's what I fear. It's not the quarterback. Hell. Give me 10 shots to the intermediate and deep areas of the field from Trubisky. That's 10 opportunities for the defense to create a game-changing turnover and put their offense in an immediate position to score on a sudden change with good field position. You're talking about an offense that, brother, 2.3 yards under the sticks on average per next-gen stats for Mitchell Trubisky. That's got to be one of the worst numbers in the league, yeah? It is, yeah, like bottom three or four. He's like bottom five, I think, yeah. 
I yeah. looked at it earlier, but I didn't write it down. He's 30th and 30, uh, out of 35 in QB rating for passes over 20 yards. He has eight completions all year over 20 yards on 23 attempts with zero drops. What? He can't even make the gimme throws. Like even when something is schemed up nice to get somebody wide open, he misses those throws and he misses them bad. I mean, I've put together two full reels of Mitchell Trubisky that I'm calling the Mitch Tape, Volume 1, Volume 2. I have them up on Twitter. The Mitch Tape. I'm furious. I'd like to make that very clear. You can continue. <laughs> over over a full minute of like really quick clips of just bad throws from two different games. It was so easy to make that highlight reel. I had to leave plays out. I had to leave bad decisions out. And 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 like you said, it's it's so clear from the play calling that Nagy doesn't trust him. And just the fact that he takes the ball out of his hands in, in very obvious situations where you get two shots at the end zone at the end of the half against the Chargers, you decide to run once and spike, and you barely you barely get it off because you had no timeouts. There's one second right. left. <laughs> what? I, and I will what say, right, and I will say, like, for the defense that I made of Nagy, the red zone has been less than great. But the thing about, like, gimmicks is a little harder, to, you know, like a, a spacing offense, we talk about this all the time, from an Eagles defense perspective, a spacing mm-hmm. offense struggles in the red zone. Why? Because you lose space. There's an end line now that I don't have to worry about you getting behind me on, right? And so the area of the field compresses, that's when you need to be able to make tight throws. That's where you need like Eagle styles of receivers, right? These bigger bodies, Allen Robinson, I think it's the Saints, right? You know, you, you had that bigger frame. Um, But yeah, Trubisky's, Trubisky wants to work flat, slant, and hitch, right? Mm-hmm. We want every, like, the amount of throws congested from like the six to four yard down the field range is unbelievable and he certainly and i brought up the 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 jet uh the the jet motions and the bubble screens and the touch screens and you know little uh shovel passes and whatever and all that stuff happens behind the line of scrimmage but really it's when he's in shotgun they want to go one step read leverage pre-snap and throw slant flat hitch that's Mm -hmm. what our passing game is right now which is oh like it, it, it's really, it, it's very, very limited. Who are you out? Who are you out scheming with your passing? Right, game? and this is why I talk about Anthony Miller and Taylor Gabriel being miscast. Like, if you're getting eight yards off Philadelphia, then yeah, I mean Miller and Gabriel can snap through that route real pretty, and you know, uh, release into space, potentially be at an angle. But if you're mm. getting what the Bears typically do, which is guys up on the line. There's no fear. Right. I mean, then you need a, a bigger body to be able to win in those situations, right? Because it's tough to release off of that off of that press coverage. You need Devin Funches type right. sized guys. I mean, I wish they would use Cordero Patterson more in this situation because Patterson's a big body. People forget that he's like 215 or whatever. But yeah. so this is the right, so this is this is how we're gonna we're gonna approach it. And really what it begins with is it begins with the running game, right? The the Bears love to be under gun. And I think that it narratively gives Trubisky a better ability to read the field and, you know, whether or not that actually has an impact on how well he plays. <laughs> we don't really know. Um, but, you know, they want him to be in the gun and they want him to be able to, to read leverage and make throws against it. What that means is you have a ton of split back looks. Uh, they'll, and they'll, like I said, they'll bring in two backs, Tariq Cohen. And then for the first time in, in the year, David Montgomery, rookie out of Iowa State, outsnapped. Tariq Cohen. This is a big deal. Uh, through the year, it had been relatively even splits. Uh, there have been a couple games where Montgomery was a little bit ahead of Cohen in terms of snaps. But this past game, um, 
Montgomery took 60% or took 60 snaps. Cohen took 17. That's 73% and then 21% respectively. Yeah. They also incorporated Mike Davis a lot more than they have been in previous weeks as well. He got 11 snaps. So tw- uh, 20 personnel, 21 personnel. What does this do? It allows us to add multiple backs into the backfield. Then we incorporate jet motion from Taylor Gabriel. We've got one guy moving this way, two guys moving that way. We've got a mesh point. we got a read. There's so many things that you have to be able to process as a linebacker. Nigel Brown is not practiced. Nate Gary is going to see 100% of the snaps for the third week in a row. If there's any, like Nate Gary cannot handle backfield dressing, right? And so the big concern for Philadelphia, I can't believe I'm saying this. The big concern for Philadelphia is not the corners because they're not <laughs> going to get tested. That's true. They're not. That's true. Trubisky, yeah. they're not gonna they're not gonna go out there and be like Trubisky, you know, uh five step drop off under center play action, throw the deep post. They can't do it. They don't have the pass protection and they don't trust Trubisky to read the safety and place the ball. So it's gonna be manipulating those linebackers. I go back to the first drive Atlanta ran against Philadelphia. This opening script for Atlanta was so much fun. Not really because they moved the ball down the field really well, but it was so much fun from an X's and O perspective because they in twelve different ways. They screwed with your linebackers. And they also threw alert screens and alert flats off of the off coverage that they were getting Philadelphia. Uh, Chicago would do that as well. But there was the pop pass to Austin Hooper, and there was the shovel pass to Devonta Freeman, and there was you know uh, uh, fake screens, screen to the backside, and there was just everything to get your linebackers looking here, take one step that way, and we're going to throw it right behind them. That's the big fear for Philadelphia in this game. You're going to get split back looks. You're going to get read option looks. You're going to get a ton of RPOs, and they're going to make Nate Gary and Kamu Grugier Hill wrong. And I said, like, Nigel Bradham is injured, and that's a big deal. Bradham's also not great in these situations, right? Yeah. So they're really going to be looking to attack those linebackers. Philadelphia's response is going to be Andrew Sandejo, Malcolm Jenkins in the box, and then trying to match uh, tight receivers and tight ends who are up against the formation in man coverage. And that's the way you're going to want to try to do it is, is run man coverage against these guys, follow them, and then be able to run a fill with your front guys. That's where the potential health of Timmy Jernigan is interesting to me because the strength of this Bears offensive line, in my opinion, is Cody Whitehair. It would be nice to be able to put two actual starters opposite him and not just Fletcher Cox plus his buddy, right? So, yeah. you know, uh, Timmy Jernigan added being helps, I think, a lot with that interior running game. Like I said, the Bears run a lot of, even from the gun, they run single back power, they run counter, they have double teams, they have pullers. I don't know why anybody would say that they don't. You're going to struggle against that if you have to put your guys in man coverage and track these slants hitches and flats all across the field because you're worried about the rpo game you're going to lose numbers in the box and you know we don't want to do that but they're going to lose numbers in the box you do need strong play from your defensive line to be able to withstand that offensive approach i have a follow-up question to that when we come back from break here on the kisten solak show we'll be back with more right after this and we are back here on the Kist and Solak Show, episode 141. Michael Kist here with Benjamin Solak. This is all brought to you by the fine folk at SB Nation, Bleeding Green Nation. Ben, to follow up on your, on your thoughts on, you know, your, your concern with the linebackers, I think we know that Nate Gary is going to get a lion's share of the snap. Somehow, some way. It's a bad lion, let me tell you that. <laughs> Even though we gave him some credit on the film review show for just, like, being where he was supposed to be in pass coverage a few times. Still, I mean, this this is a guy for that game. PFF ranked them 14th out of 14 players on the Eagles. It's just, just bad. So it's not just us. PFF sees it too. You know, they got their eye test. We have yeah. our eye test. I will we- say, like, you know, generally am I fully on it with PFF? No. In this one case, absolutely. I've always thought PFF right. is exactly correct in all their evaluations. 
And, and in this case, I mean, a player that graded really well. And I thought when I watched the tape and a guy that we've talked about before that impressed us in limited action, while maybe being limited in coverage, I don't think you have to necessarily worry about it in this game unless you get him on Cohen, TJ Edwards. And then you also, of course, have Camus Hill. My, But why not switch, flip the snaps? Between Kamugurje Hill. I appreciate the use of multiple verbs to make it clearer. Hard is this? How hard is this? How can you not see Kamu is just demonstrably, objectively, a better player than Nate Gary and less of a liability? How hard is it to see that TJ Edwards, as a UDFA, is a smarter player than Nate Gary? I'm, I don't know if I'm all the way willing to say that TJ Edwards is a better player than. Nate I said Gary. smarter. Yeah, I know you said smarter. You saved that, which is impressive. Why not just flip? The, why not just flip? At least flip Camus and, and Nate. Somebody, like, somebody on. loves Gary, right? It's oh, probably it's unbelievable. Who freaking linebacker coaches, man? What are you doing? What are the positional coaches on this team doing other than Jeff Stoutland and Justin Peel? Honest, dude. Justin Peel. Shout out Justin. What Peel. a stud. With my what favorite stud. positional coach <laughs> in positional availability ever, because. <laughs> He had no interest in answering any questions, and it was absolutely hilarious. Anyway, right, so so yeah, my concern is the linebackers, and obviously we don't like the way the linebacker snaps have been distributed. No two ways about that. Now, what's the good news? If they feed Montgomery again, which David Montgomery which had 32, 27, he had 27 carries for 135 yards and a touchdown. If they feed Montgomery again, Montgomery does not have great long speed. He is not fast. Mm. He is yep. annoying af to tackle because he's shaped like a triangle but a bowling ball yeah but he is uh he's not of long speed so even if you're losing in a ground and pound style of the game which philadelphia generally does not do and does not want to do he's not going to be dalvin cooking you he's not going to be ripping off explosive runs and and, and, and you know uh, a lot of the runs that, that he had were just he's winning in a in a phone booth tight he handles the business tight quarters so you have that to your advantage secondly defensive line versus offensive line is not going to be pretty for Chicago. What a matchup this is for the Eagles line. Wow. There is one player on this offensive line who I would describe myself as trusting in pass protection. And again, that's Cody Whitehair. Whitehair? Up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Whitehair was a, a, a second round pick in 2016 for Kansas State. I think it was 16. Um, yeah. I was like, I think I'm pretty sure because I like, kind of remember talking about him and that's Me when too. i started on twitter but anyway at kansas state he's developed nicely for them he's bumped over to guards they put james daniels at center now james daniels out of iowa was a good center prospect mm. his rookie year i thought he played decent ball for a rookie i do not know what happened mm. but daniels cannot maintain blocks he can get to where he's supposed to be first level and second level he has the foot quickness to uh to contact you where he should on the arc in pass protection but his grip strength is bad. His punch timing is bad. His balance is bad. He doesn't yeah. have good upper body strength. Which, like, these were his weaknesses, but they were not debilitating when he came out of Iowa, and I thought, in his rookie year. In in, in situations in which Fletch gets over the center, which are rare, he's going to kill this kid. It's not going to be pretty. Hmm. If you get Jernigan healthy, Jernigan's going to beat this kid up. Jernigan's best rush is the power rush, and this is where Daniels really, really struggles. And then next to him, you have potentially <laughs> Rashad Coward. Defensive tackle convert making his, what, second or third start? His last name <laughs> is Coward. You're already up against it. He's a nose tackle. 
was playing right guard. It was like when Tim Settle almost had to start for Washington last year. They're starting a defensive lineman in the interior offensive line against Fletcher Cox. I just want to make that very clear. Are you concerned about this, this matchup? This is nightmare scenario for Chicago. And Fletch looked healthy last week. Right. It's not like Fletch, like, beginning of the year. Whew. If you like, if you ask a defensive coach, any defensive coach, not just Schwartz, if you just ask a defensive coach in the back, you know, like, hey, you know, the best way to screw with, like, an RPO offense, what would it be? And it would be, well, like, in an ideal world, we're just going to blow up the mesh point on every single play. Like, while the quarterback is reading at the mesh, ideally we have a body on the mesh point. So he panics. So you have potential bad exchanges so that he gives the ball, uh, you know, before he can really process. Or he pulls the ball because he's trying to avoid the rush and he doesn't really process. And we just kill the decision, right? Because then we protect the rest of our players by just forcing the issue. You're, I mean, they'll run pretty slow meshes in Chicago. I mean, if Fletch is winning immediately off the snap versus you know, Jay Ratliff, whatever, you know, like 330-pound right guard, <laughs> he's going to be directly in the backfield at the mesh point. And you're right. not going to be able to execute any Anything. Yeah. option concept. Run, pass, 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 run, run, whatever option it is, if you have a body directly on the mesh point. Because even if you don't make the tackle, you're forcing a give or you're forcing a a, a, a keep when that may not be what the defense is showing you in the second level. And so your, number your timing is already right. disrupted with your blocking and everything else attached right. to it. Yeah. Yeah, number one. Number two, given what we saw with the amount of usage in David Montgomery, the mm. Bears want to try to run the football now. Famously against the Saints, they had 54 passes to seven runs, which, like, someone should be fired for making me watch Mitchell Trubisky throw 54 passes. But now trying to be more of a running team, trying to keep the game under control, trying to not ask Trubisky to do so much, well, you're not going to be able to run the ball behind the right half of your line. Right, so... You don't have to worry about it. Right. So now all of a sudden, like, you know, you, 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 all right, let's, let's go downfield with Montgomery. Let's go downhill with Montgomery, downhill with Montgomery. It's third and seven. Mm-hmm. What you got? Now Trubisky's going to make a throw. Right. And, 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 and so, right. So it circles back to, I think, your big point, which is if the secondary is going to muck about and miss tackles, we got an issue. But if you're limiting Yak, Chicago Bears defense should score about 15 points on you. Chicago's offense, excuse me, should score about 15 points on you. That's a, that's assuming they make all of the kicks, which has been an issue for them. <laughs> this is a good point. Third phase <laughs> of the game, brother. Third phase. Third preview show this week. Of the game. Yeah, exactly. All right. Let's go to the DraftKings Sportsbook. Wow, that was a cool edit on your voice you did there. Eagles are five-point favorites. The over-under is 42. Of course, you know, some injuries may impact this, and we'll have you uh, covered on that later on in the week. Well, actually, we're... Yeah. We're recording tomorrow, so we're going to have the Thursday injury report that we'll be working off of. But right now, we'll assume the people expected the play are going to play. So five-point favorites for the Eagles in Chicago, which is that's a that's a healthy that's a healthy line. Let's put the score at let's say that the Eagles cover and it's exactly at 42. That's 24 to 18, 18 points over under for the Bears. I am immediately, immediately smashing the under. Okay. I'm With no hesitation. Oh, well, I'll probably take the over. This is the Eagles defense we're talking about here. Oh, Bills only scored 13 points. Which one do you think is the better offense? Which one do you think is a better quarterback? You dialing up 38-mile-per-hour wins in Philly on Sunday? Mitchell Trubisky is Josh Allen with 38-mile-an-hour wins. If you oh, – listen, <laughs> I'm just going to – I'm going to send you a screenshot in, you know, second quarter, nine minutes left of Allen Robinson turning up field, Sidney Jones eating turf after he missed the tackle <laughs> on a hitch that's about to go for 80 yards. That's all I'm saying is, like, I hear you. Yeah. 
and we told you know we just disparaged the bill actually i defended it a little bit but we just talked about the issues with the bears offense for about 35 minutes Mm -hmm. i have no reason to trust the eagles defense still don't you know we agree that the performance against the bills wasn't even that great to begin with even though there were only 13 points that were given up let me ask you this yeah even in the event that the eagles quickly jump out to a lead unlikely and in the event that like the bears pitch a complete shutout in the first half you know, like they, they throw, you know, they get three points on the board Grindr for, for, yeah. for Chicago. Do we not think like, I don't know, to me, even if the Eagles have them in a blowout situation, which mm-hmm. is unlikely, if I'm naggy, I'm doing what I did against New Orleans, which is I'm pretending the game is in reach. I'm doing anything I can to get Trubisky's confidence back up, which means I'm throwing the ball around the yard with eight minutes left in a 24 point game. Mm. And I think. They run the score up accordingly. So I really do think that, you know, against this Eagles, like if I'm, if I wanted a, a game in which I could open up Trubisky and I could get his downfield passing game, a little more life in it, right? Let's not forget what the Bears did on the last drive against Philadelphia. It took Nagy about four quarters to figure out what to do. But once he figured it out, right, it was isolation routes to the Avante Maddox versus Allen yeah. Robinson side, right? Mm-hmm. This is a game where I would be trying to get my young quarterback in his groove a little bit, you know, get the butt cheeks in the seat and let's go. Uh, and so I think that, you know, of all the issues that we talked about, I think they're going to be more willing to push the ball down the field and they're going to be more willing to throw three-step drops, intermediate breaking outside routes. Can't and wait. even when those don't work, in the average, in general, a few will. Because Robinson's a good player and the Eagles' corners aren't. And when that happens, I think they're going to be able to move the ball and score points in that way. So I don't expect a 24-point output, but on 18, yeah take the over okay so what if the eagles score 24 are you taking the under on 18 like if it's not that that type of boat race type deal right sure yeah i mean like i think the eagles i think the eagles win and when i looked at the line it was minus five and i was like yeah i'd probably still take philly on that i think that the what we're looking at there is you know that's probably a time of possession thing where like philadelphia is going to run the ball as best they can against this defense and then now you're limiting the number of drives that the Bears get. So I mean, if it's under if it's under 18, I won't be shocked. You and yeah. I do not think this is a good offense. Mm. I'm just saying, yeah, I yeah. think there's a strong case to be made for the over, given the circumstances of Trubisky's development, the struggles with the Eagles' offense, the the unique weather of last week's game. I I would not be I, I'm not as, as smashing on the under as you are, and I'll take the over just to take the contrarian view. I like that. I like that, and and I want to make it clear that this this under and also this like I said about the Bills game. This is not confidence that's that's indicative, you know, of how I feel about the Eagles. All there, all, all of a sudden things are fixed. It's this is a this is a referendum, and it was a referendum on the Bills' offense, and it's a referendum on the Bears' offense. And I think you're right. The only way that the Bills, or excuse me, the Bears, the Aldi Bills' offense, right? The only way that the Bears get up there is 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 garbage time. Anything can happen. Coral Patterson could take a kickoff return for a touchdown. That was a doubt that happened to the Eagles earlier this year. That could very well happen. I'm more worried about that than I am this offense. I'm more worried about Tariq Cohen getting in the open field, making a couple guys miss and going to the house. I'm more worried about, like you said, Allen Robinson making a guy, making one guy whiff when they got cover zero blitz and there is no one there to save them. So, yeah, I mean, those are real concerns. Even if the even if the Eagles do hold them under in this game, I am still deeply concerned about the Seahawks and about the Patriots. Those are the real tests. If this Listen, is a, if this is a tough game, I am I'm worried. Yeah, if they make Trubisky look good, you and I are not going to be able to show our faces on the internet for 2 weeks. <laughs> but it's beat the Bears, go yep. to 5 and 4. 23% is the leverage for Philadelphia in terms of likely to make the playoffs via the 
the the Burke ESPN projections. I don't really know if they have an official name or not, but the ones Brian Burke always puts out. Uh, 23% is the biggest of any NFC team. So win this, go to five and four. Go into the bye, get healthy. Come back, win your... Win one of two as Seahawks Patriots. Right, it's win your four, win your three remaining divisional games against the non-Cowboys, seven and, eight and four, beat the Dolphins, nine and, nine four. and four. And then you have home versus Patriots, home versus Seahawks, home versus Dallas. Win at least one of the three, hopefully the Dallas one. Go to 10 and six. If you win the Dallas one, you have the tiebreaker. Mm-hmm. or maybe not i don't know you'd be one and one and then they'd both be four and two whatever the, the, the point is there is yes. a there is a path to 10 wins possibly 11 if you can if you can get right but if you can't if you drop this to the bears if you drop this game to the bears you are now four and five by the way you just lost to the stinking bears which is embarrassing right, which is even worse how do you have faith that that team could beat a patriots team a Seahawks team. I don't care if they're at home. I would bet on a three-game losing. If they lose this game, I would bet on a three-game losing skit. Then you're looking at four and seven, and I am losing my freaking mind every single show. I can't handle that. I can't handle that kind of negativity in my life, in my mentions. I'll get divorced. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> I mean, my, wi- my wife will leave me. I will I will become the internet sports writer, you know, caricature. The, right. You're well on your way, my friend. Ben, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Happy Halloween, Mike. Yeah, buddy. You f- fun plans with Augie? Yeah, man. He's going out as uh, Buzz Lightyear. Going to be looking super cute. So I'll have, uh, I'll have some pictures up on the internet because I'm a wholesome family account, as I've often said. I have. Uh, what are you dressing up as? What are you doing? I was I went to a Halloween party last weekend. That was my Halloween event. Uh, and I was Ron Swanson because... I already wear my hair like he does. I like and then that. I just put on a fake mustache and a polo and scowl at people, which is really ideal for my party going experience as a reason to be silent mm. uh, and drink out of a mug. But no, yeah, I think that, uh, no, that Buzz Lightyear should be super cute as heck. Tell my godson to have a good time. Fun yes, for following out and about trick or treating. Anyway. Say Thank goodbye. you as always. There you Hosting go. The Kiss and Soul Life Show here on BGN Radio. We do appreciate you swinging by. Bears offense, Eagles defense, mostly Bears offense, mostly loud tirades. Um, but I think it's <laughs> going to be interesting to watch what continues to happen in Chicago with Trubisky, with Nagy, and how this team is established. And of course, as we said, big game for the Eagles. Win this one, get into the bye, get healthy, and look for a playoff run in the end of the regular season. If you enjoyed the show... You'll probably enjoy the second half, which comes out tomorrow. It'll be the Eagles' offense against the Bears' defense. It's going to be Not the same the day. It's going to be the same be day. Tonight. Never mind. I'm an idiot. Uh, <laughs> but so it's already up. And listen, if you're subscribed, you already know this. So subscribe. <laughs> anyway. Eagles offense, Bears defense is not the same as it once was under Vic Fangio, but it's still a pretty good group. We're going to talk about why. We're going to talk about where you can beat them. Go ahead, rate, review, and subscribe on whatever app you listen to your podcast, especially so that you can catch the next episodes because I never really know when they are. I've been Benjamin Solak on Twitter, at Benjamin Solak. That's S-O-L-A-K. I really should have taken a breath there. He's <laughs> Michael Kist on Twitter, at Michael Kist, and I feel that's K-I-S-T. Thank you, guys, as always. We love you. We all we got. We all we need. Fly Eagles Fly. Can have some juice tonight. <laughs>